This podcast is supported by Red Energy. Powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy, Red is 100% Australian-owned and local. Phone 131 806. I think it's unnatural to be living with children in their mid-twenties for more than just a, a short holiday period, as much as I love it. I don't know, it just makes me terribly anxious and I think about the grandchildren. Will they ever, at the age of three and one and a half, will they ever learn to cuddle people who are not their parents again? This novel, American Dirt, is just a great read. It's a cracking read. Goody, 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 yum, yum. That was a genre of British comedy that I just remember... Defined when, my childhood. When it came out, it was so bloody funny. So what's happened to weekends? Where have they gone? Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. Thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Hi everyone and welcome to Don't Shoot the Messenger, episode 123, 123. Here we are, we are recording this on a Tuesday and we are into week five or six indeed of our isolation period. How are you going, dear isolationist friend, Caro Wilson? Well, we're going to discuss, Corrie, good to see you and thank you, Miss Jane, as ever. We were going to discuss later, are we optimistic or pessimistic? I am just the footy journo down to the last, Corrie. I am taking this one week at a time. <laughs> if I had to think too far ahead, I don't think I would survive. A few cliches have come out of this whole uh, Penny yes. D thing, hasn't it? It's the one week at a time. It's the new normal. Uh, oh. What does that mean? Oh, please. What does the that mean? The new normal. I know. This, the, I, if the new normal is normal, I'm like to go back to the old normal. Thank you very much. Um, Potties, thanks for tuning in and joining us. As we've said the last couple of weeks, we want we don't want to get too down and difficult at a time like this. Our hour with you is very precious and we want to keep it upbeat. But, of course, there are lots of things to discuss regarding uh, the state of play at the moment and all of us trying to stay indoors and trying to do the right thing. Lots of lovely emails from you all this week. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Susie Wettenall from Glen Iris and Julie Hurd, I think from Geelong, Julie was actually writing to us, and Doreen from Brisbane for their emails. And Doreen, of course, is one of our long-time listeners and she congratulates us on our new sponsor. And we are thrilled, Doreen, to read that you are also a Red Energy customer Carol, how much do we love Red Energy? Well, you do. They're your provider. They're not mine, sadly. Well, they will be one day, Corrie. One of the <laughs> things you need to do is go through all your... I'll talk about that in a moment too. This is a time when everyone should go through all their utilities and take the time to find out how much they're being ripped off and what they should be doing and how much they could be saving a year. I know people have done this. You would be amazed. Their home insurer, their health insurer, their car insurer, insurer their... Um, telephone. Well, you told me the other day, look at my superannuation, and I did, and I felt sick, so that was the, oh, no, as far that, as I got. That is actually not true. I said, don't. <laughs> I said, don't. Don't do as I do, and don't look at it. And thanks to Jan via Insta, who loves our show. She's a Melbourne girl forever, but lives in Hong Kong. She's relaxing on the Gold Coast at the moment. Relaxing on the GC ATM. She's obviously a lover of acronyms, Jan. 
I'm very lucky to be on the Gold Coast. She loved our GLT How Extra. How did she get there by boat? I hate to think. She's obviously in isolation. As a coincidence, she's just ordered a beautiful double-sided jigsaw from the extremely talented Melbourne florist Hattie Malloy for each of her two daughters, one in Masterton, New Zealand, one in South Yarra, 500 pieces. Check her IG. What I mean, what Instagram, is it? Instagram, Instagram, <laughs> Caro, get with the program. And Watson's 0675, thank you for commenting, saying... Uh, hello, don't shoot pod. Just made the lemon salmon pasta recipe for Good Friday dinner. A winner all around. That was your recipe from last week, Carol. That was from brother and sister in Sydney. And to Keach39 via Insta, loved unorthodox. Lewis Martin didn't like it. Again, the Channel Lewis, 7 boss. He, he didn't take a good hard look at your programming he issue. He did admit it was very authentic. Um, Keach39 loved the behind the scenes doco too, which I loved. She was named after Justine, the. Obviously, the Character. author, yes, Lawrence Durrell, and is going to give it another crack after oh. we discussed it last week. There we go. So, Caro, here we are in the second week of April, and we've started our challenges. How are you going with your April challenge? Oh, not as well as I would have hoped, <laughs> but I am running a Isn't bit. Isn't life just a challenge generally, twenty-four-seven? Oh, I tell you, I am exercising a lot every day because it is the one outlet we all have, and. I really recommend it. I mean, it's not easy some days, like over the weekend it poured with rain. Yes, I'm still, I'm still holding you to account for your comment a couple of weeks ago. We think You think we will be in for an Indian summer, I know. quote, unquote. I know. Well, it's a bit sunny today, which is good. <laughs> look, look um, I'm doing 10,000 steps a day walking. I'm trying to incorporate at least 2,000 of those running, or if not that, 1,000. Haven't done it every day, but if I'm going to drive down the street, I walk. I go for a big walk every morning and I try and do 6Ks and I do feel a lot better for it. But what about you? Well, children's book, nothing. Oh, Corrie. Uh, uh, well, tick, 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 tick. Why did I decide to do two challenges in the month of April when the world is falling down around our ears? But I did cook my first recipe out of the new Falliston cookbook. If you recall, this is the one by Sammy Chimimi. Otto Lingi, Yotto Mottolenghi's partner, and it has all of the things that we love about the Otto Lingi books, really fabulous recipes, easy to put together, amazing tastes. And so the other night, Caro, I cooked for the family, well, actually Coco and I cooked together, the lemon chicken with za'atar, and we didn't have any za'atar at the local shop, so we made our own. It was delicious, and I won't go through the recipe now, but the recipe will be on our show notes, or you could buy Falliston, F-A-L-A-S-T-I-N. It's such a great cookbook. So I have to do a few bit more cooking there. Now, Caro, on to uh, how could we escape possibly the COVID-19 pandemic and how it has impacted, impacted on all of our lives in so many ways. I just wonder how everybody got through Easter. How did you get through Easter? It was a very unusual Easter for me. It was lonely. It was, I felt quite discombobulated. There were no lovely things to look forward to. Usually at Easter there's, you know, I don't know, a visit with the Ballarat gang or there's a lunch somewhere. Um, there's often, you mentioned it last week, going to the pub. There's a bit of a ritual going to the pub on the Saturday night. A the golf Haw- game. Hawthorne Geelong playing on Easter Monday. So Drinks. It was, all, it was all very... Drinks every day. And I just, I felt quite <laughs> listless and anxious and I did not like my Easter at all. What about you? Look, it, it started well. Um, I've, I've had a, you know, I'm so lucky I've had a bit of work on. There's a lot going on behind the scenes in footy. And Thursday and Friday, 
in Melbourne were beautiful days. So you went out, you felt cheery. I had big walks along the beach, mainly on my own. That was really good. The weather did close in a bit, Saturday, Sunday. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Look, the family did – we all did a lot of cooking and that was really cheery. We're, we're lucky, you know, we're, I'm, I'm with um, two of my three children now a fair bit and that's been really nice. It has its moments, but mainly, you know, Clem's a great cook. Ned is just so good around the house. So – Mainly, you know, it was good, but I think it's unnatural to be living with children in their mid-twenties for more than just a, a short holiday period, as much as I love it. I must say, no, I had a nice Easter. I probably ate a bit too much. We <laughs> pretended we were having a big party Drank when there were five of us. I made Negronis one night. Clem cooked up a storm. Everyone was pretty cheery. Look, there's just a, it's just a funny, strange feeling, Corrie. Isn't there? And and as I, I said, one week at a time. I think really the best way to do this is almost one day at a time. It is one day one at a time. One foot in front of the other. I am finding another that cliche. My, yeah, well, there are a lot. There's a lot surrounding this penny D. I am finding that my mental health is. I oscillate between despair globally, which is just so big you don't feel you you'll ever be able to fathom it, and such sadness that places like Italy and Spain and even the UK and New York will probably never, ever, ever be the same again and not to mention the hundreds and thousands of deaths there. And then it comes back to my own little world. Uh, I start to think about um, loss of income and health and uh, the children, is everybody I know okay? And I just get overwhelmed and I can hardly function during that day. And then another day you'll wake up and funnily enough, it often coincides with a sunny day and you think, we can do this. Let's just enjoy the simple pleasures, the walk, the standing outside a coffee shop and the guy comes outside and actually hands you your cup um, with gloves on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, or you've already got gloves on. Oh, you've already got gloves Or like me, I've uh, Pete bought a new hand sanitizer. I just put it on before I came here to see you today. And it's such a thick gel. It's like having olive oil on your hands. So I actually picked up my phone to get out of the car, dropped the phone because my hands are so slippery. Didn't quite know how to oh. open your door. So it is a bit odd. But th- but then it is a, it is a case of celebrating the simple things but I feel like my my um my long-term goals have gone I don't know what long-term looks like anymore it's just a very short-term day-to-day existence yeah and and then Easter obviously I, I don't know about you but all day Friday I thought it was Saturday and on Saturday I thought it was Sunday because public holidays don't really have any meaning anymore heaven knows what's going to happen to the grand final eve public holiday because it's gazetted for the last Friday in September but well if there won't be a grand final on the last Saturday in September but we'll have a holiday but it probably won't mean anything so what's happened to weekends where have they gone have they gone forever well I'm still trying to get some structure and I'm sort of allowing my like I'm sort of saying I'm going to have a bath on the weekend and I'm going to have an extra coffee on Saturday and I don't know about you but that first trip to the coffee shop which you're allowed to do if you do it on your walk and if you stand outside that has become such a daily ritual I think that's what we miss we miss our rituals Mm. so we have to have new rituals and they're a lot simpler I don't know about you certainly getting up and getting dressed and looking half decent every day Mm. can be a bit of a chore as you said Peg would have said God rest her soul don't wear your dressing gown all day well get your lipstick on well with us it's our walking gear Mm. but um 
I never realised how many clothes I had and how few I need. Oh, isn't that interesting? Are you looking at your wardrobe and thinking... Well, it is interesting. It's... um, if you think about the things that you would hate to give up during this time, and, and that was one of the questions you posed me or we posed one another during the week, what would you be quite happy to give up during this time and what would you hate to give up? One of the things I would actually happily give up is the discussion, the mindless often quite interesting discussion around material objects. So how many convos have you and I had in the last 40 years really, on things like clothes and the real, real, real estate and holidays, where are we going, and restaurants, have you tried the new bar? All of this stuff that now is – I actually don't miss it. I love the freedom of – if you you said last week you're having longer conversa- phone conversations with friends, which I absolutely agree with. They, it's like the old days being on the phone when you're a teenager with your parents saying, get off the phone, you've been on the phone for an hour. But I find that the talk now is very – first of all, how's your health, how's the family, how are the kids, who's lost their job, how is everything, check, check, check. And then you tend to just talk about – quite meaningful things feelings emotions responses government global it's really interesting yeah, that, well, you don't talk that. anymore about oh you're going to new south this year well i don't think i ever said anything like that <laughs> no i don't mean you or me we would never do well, that well there's but also there's really no one to bitch about because no one's behaving badly because we're not seeing them <laughs> well you're I, always so excited you join a house party and there are four people there for drinks and another one comes on board and then another one and why bitch you're so happy to see everyone yeah, i I must say, I know a few if people. If you do, who bitch, are, you don't know if somebody's listening, though. If they've well, yes, crept into got to the be house careful. party, I, I, I don't really miss going out to parties. I thought, I mean, it's not like I'm out every night, but I really don't miss. I quite enjoy staying in. I quite enjoy the fact, and you know, Miss Jane, look at it. She looks, she looks ten years younger. She's never slept so much in her life. We're all going to bed early. We're all sleeping more, which is really nice. The Seven o'clock walk has become the eight o'clock walk because, hey, you know, you may as well give yourself another hour. The cup of tea in bed. Do you know what I really miss? This sounds so dreadful. I really miss pedicures. And I don't see when I'm ever going to have one again. I know that sounds really spoiled. But once a month, I think I love going and getting a pedicure because you sit there, you can read your book. I understand. I'm not not such a petty girl as you are, but I do do get it. I do love it if I have it for a special occasion. But the best value for money. You say that all the time, and I I understand that. And I think probably my version of that would be going to the place around the corner, the Thai massage, you know, just to get your shoulders done or something like that. Well, you can't do that They're total indulgences, and you can't do them anymore. But look, but but you don't, you can't see your shoulders looking. (laughs) You should see my toenails. (laughs) Oh, anyway, we'll get on to that in our bonus episode. I've got a few GLTs in the area of personal maintenance so the thing so what would you refuse to give up at this point coffee remember i said three or four weeks ago i'm not going to buy coffee anymore because i won't be able to i thought that all the coffee shops would shut but of course they've all stayed open and you just go through the window and i was going to put four dollars into a little thing every time i felt like a coffee and i was going to be really rich now <laughs> i can't spend it on what carrie you can't see what a surgical mask you can't spend your money on anything i can't I give up um, i can't give up coffee. i couldn't give up the as you said the exercise i could not give up that and i love the fact that this is making me do it every day and even even at home it's not just a walk uh in G- in our glt bonus episode i will talk about a couple of yoga uh online sites that i've discovered uh but 
a little more profound than um, things like coffee and stuff. I couldn't give up my shop. When I was in danger of having to close it full time a couple of weeks ago, which was the scenario we were facing, when we didn't know whether anybody would even think to ring us to book some to, to organise some books and I thought we were going to lose our business and I was going to lose my shop. Not only did that mean total financial destitution for the rest of my life but it also meant I would lose my customers and everything that defi- work I suppose defines me but that shop is is just my life and I was desolate for about a week until we thought we can turn this around and hopefully touch wood we can but um, another thing that I refuse to give up Caro and Jane is shopping daily I know there are strict limitations on our food shopping and so on and I know mm, that Daniel really Andrews is to, saying really I, I, well I know but in my shopping centre I can go up to the local fruit shop and I love the ritual of buying little small items not massive yeah, no, and look, not I've, stocking up I walk up there too and I, I mean it's a bit annoying putting gloves on but you know I'd rather if you're going to be feeling the avocado do you find when you put the gloves on that you can't open your plastic bag to put your tomatoes in don't get me started I never could could open those flipping bags and now it's even harder and you've got the blue gloves on I bit one today I bit one (laughs) this morning Oh, I was so cross. So the third, th- two were on the floor. I thought, like, not third one's going to fail. And I had to put the lettuce bits in. And I, so I bit it. And one of the attendants walked past and gave me a look like saying that's really not defeating the purpose of the gloves. Well, I was being patient at the fruit shop the other day. And a lady, a much older lady than I, probably about your mum's age, I guess, I, it felt like saying you should be at home. You should be at home, not out. But she said she was trying to do this with her hands in gloves and the plastic and she said, oh, blow it all and took one of the gloves off (laughs) and opened her bag and then picked out her apples to put in her bag. So touching all the apples. I thought, well, that's just defeated the uh, purpose. Well, those bags, they're a a bad invention. I um I well I'm glad you mentioned the shop because I I couldn't give up books. I if I didn't have TV I reckon I could survive and all the different things that you know we're lucky enough to have like Netflix but I could not give up reading because that is the one the last you know refuge for me and when I watch those horrible um Oh, what are they called? Well, I don't watch them. Reality TV shows, as, as I predicted, they'll die, I reckon, as a result of this. I hope they do. That f- One of the first terrible ones, Big Brother, they were put into that house and they weren't allowed to read. And that, to me, was the ultimate evil. So reading, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping people who've stopped reading are going to take it up again and not just live on their electronic devices because it's just such a nice escape and it's such a good way to spend the day. Well, there's a lot of love for books at the moment. As you say, I don't know how sincere that will be or what will happen. What about workplaces, Caro? I've been thinking about those people who work in offices who have a a ritual of their own that their families don't even know they have. So they'll have coffee with colleagues or, you know, if it's one of the colleagues' birthday, somebody will bring the cake in for morning tea, Friday night drinks. All the single men and women who really look forward to those Thursday after work or Friday after work drinks because they can 
take it maybe a bit further or not, who knows. But all of that has just gone for a whole lot of people. Yeah, Craig Hutchison said um, the other night, I miss the post-show drinks. And and I do. I mean, it's probably better for us. Um, there was a cake in the footy classified office on the Monday night show because um, Chris, our producer, had made a beautiful Easter cake for his son and we got a small bit of I didn't actually have – well, you got to, you, you're not allowed you to serve food. You can admit that you but, ate some food if well, you well, need to. Well, all they have now is packaged food, so it's not really all that tempting. So, And it's fine. I don't mind. But I miss that ritual. I miss going out for coffee with colleagues, absolutely. Um, I quite enjoy um, – we do an age podcast, the Age Real Footy podcast, and one of the young women who helps produce it, I said to her today um, – you've really got to work on that ironing. She does it out of her laundry because it's the most compact room. <laughs> and you know, a very well-known AFL footballer, ex-footballer was on with us and his wife was exercising in the background and running in between the laundry and his girls were sort of getting ready for homeschooling back tomorrow. And this other young woman... The one with the bad ironing. Well, well, I said, that ironing pile hasn't got any smaller since we did the podcast last week. And she probably thought, I really didn't sign up for this when I agreed to produce this football podcast. But those sort of things are quite... Look, it's, it is quite bizarre. Um, footballers are coming on and doing Skype interviews and they're not wearing their club logos, which I find hysterical because clubs must be just tearing their hair out. Um, I cannot imagine what the office Christmas party, the loss of that will mean and will it ever come back? The footy tipping competition. I mean, it's all, all those things that were part of our every week life gone. Gone. It's just. Some, aw- it's just awful. It's just. I don't know. It just makes me terribly anxious. And I think about the grandchildren. Will they ever, at, at the age of three and one and a half, will they ever learn to cuddle people who are not their parents again? I think they will. I think they'll be so happy because they've been spending so much time together. Oh, I don't know. All these fa- people who are lucky enough well, to have families. Well, they know me, Caro. What if I get out of the car and they just look oh, at me like blankly? Like when you get back from overseas and the dog doesn't remember you. <laughs> of course they will. Cora, you're, sure you're, you're Skyping them every day. Don't be silly. Now, speaking of red energy... Call 131 806. You have a crush. I do indeed have a crush, Caro, and my crush is actually a group crush. Uh, I was going to say, well, I still will send a big cheerio to the scientists of Australia who are doing remarkable things behind the scenes to invent new ventilation uh, machinery and masks, surgical masks, and really helping our hospitals try and get up and running in case this pandemic really takes off, which we hope it does not. But my crush, my group crush is the ABC, which I have done before. The ABC, uh, their current affairs on TV and, of course, Radio National. I don't know, Caro, where I would be without my ABC at the moment. Radio National, Fran in the mornings on breakfast. And then at night time when I sit down at 7 o'clock, after I've watched your Brendan on Channel 7, there's what a lineup. Samantha Hawley, the UK correspondent, who at the moment is doing the job of 10 men. She is amazing. Emma Alberici, who is the chief economics correspondent, after all of that difficulty that she had last year with her program being axed, she has come back with a vengeance and shown what a terrific journalist she is. Linton Besser, in, uh, who is the European correspondent, again, a very busy person, back and forth from Italy. Lee Sales hosting 7.30. And, of course, each night, who pops into our, onto our screen but the lovely, wonderful Dr Norman Swan, who's been on radio for years on the Health Report – 
he is now reporting to us nightly about facts and figures I've to do with the Dr. coronavirus. Norman, yes. He is wonderful. And last night, so this is what I learned last night, Caro. If you cough, did you know your particles can travel up to eight meters? It's called a flying exhalation. So your flying exhalation can go eight meters. Isn't that terrifying? Think of all the people who have coughed in front of you and, and pretended to use their shoulder or their Well, elbow. I mean, you know me, I've always been a, a, someone to say, use your milk a few days after it's used by date, you know, build up your immunity, pick up a few germs because it'll make, you know, all that sort of gone out the oh, window. So you won't mind if I exhalate over you no, now? No, <laughs> Okay, no, that's a very good crush. And as I say again, um, Red Energy are powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Call 131806 for real Aussie energy. Now, Corrie, I have a book. Can I kick off BSF? You can. You're very energetic about this book, Caro. Well, you've talked about it and you lent it to me and you told me about the debate it provoked. And I'm here to say what a ridiculous amount of criticism Janine Cummins received for the fact that she wasn't a Mexican national. She hadn't tried to cross the border herself. This novel, American Dirt, is just a great read. It's a cracking read. And she actually writes a fairly long explanation at the end, almost a justification of why she thinks she's allowed to actually do it, why she thinks it's all right. Isn't it interesting too? I'd, I'd love it if all authors wrote a little note at the end of their book oh, about think, why I, they wrote it. I think it's getting a bit over the top. Oh, Some do of them, you? Oh, there was one there. There's it, helps one I read, when you, it helps when you do book club. There was one I read recently. Oh, just too many thank yous. I mean, for heaven's sake, they think about 100 people. <laughs> they wrote the book. Anyway, American Dirt is the story of Lydia and her son, Luca. The book starts at the scene of the most horrific family mass murder you could ever imagine in Acapulco. The story traces their journey to... American Dirt, and I'll give nothing away, but the people they pick up along the way, the dreadful stories they encounter along the way, the the cartel boss who Lydia had unknowingly befriended, of course, as you know, she is a bookstore owner, runs a bookshop in Acapulco, started that when Acapulco was just a lovely tourist town full of lots of lovely visitors and her journalist, political journalist husband, who has exposed this particular group of oh look it, it this particular leader narc oh, leader tell, yeah um it is it, it's just go 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 it will make it's the best fan- first chapter don't you think oh it's a great first chapter but you know the um what are they called la bestia mm. the trains that the migrants jump on this is going to be a great film it's going to be a wonderful film and i could not put it down so um that and um where the um, what's crawdads. It where the crawdads sing, which everyone's saying we have to do next for our book club. I haven't read it yet. Have you read that one yet? No. I, look, Carol, it's been such a bestseller. It's been around for nearly two years, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens is the author, and it sells itself. So sometimes when a book is just moving out the door, you don't. sometimes you don't have to read it. It's just selling itself. I prefer to look after the orphans, like, for example, American Dirt, because it's not an easy book to sell. It's not a happy topic, but it's a brilliant book. So those are the books I often think that's where I should put my time into and try and boost them along. Um, I'm glad you like that. That's Well, thank pleasing. you. I really appreciate it. And I've now started um, 
Cousins by Sally, uh, sorry, not Cousins, Grandmothers by Sally Vickers, which I imagine is not going to be her best one, but I'm having a Cozy crack. reading. And I've got another cozy read, um, which I purchased from you the other day, um, another Mary Stewart that I hadn't Stop. read. The Ivy Tree. Is there one that you have not read? Oh, Corrie. You know our friend Bibby is now following in your footsteps. She just, what's another Mary Stewart, Carol Love? Think. And I have to find one or go through the show notes. Think England, Hadrian's Wall, the Roman tra- the Roman um, track. Oh, you are such an old-fashioned girl. Think the um, mistaken identity, the missing heiress. Oh, it's got everything. Anyway, so that's me. Now, you're doing screen this week. I do. Well, I just wanted to say thanks for the tip about the new Van der Volk. Of course, Van der Volk was out in the 70s, as we said said last week or the week before, whenever we last talked about it, starring the old Baz Foster as the Dutch detective commissaris, Piet or Simon Yes, we Van said all Rock. this last week, Colin. Yes, I know. So now I'm just saying that I just love this new version with Mark Warren, who's who was in the film uh, Mad Dogs. I thought this the is, second one wasn't as good as the first episode, though. Oh, uh, well, look, I don't know. You could, you could suggest that because Amsterdam is the hero of this television series or this Netflix series, that once you've seen all those beautiful canals and everything – and then the next episode, and then the next episode. You could say, look, maybe I'm getting a bit bored by this. Me, never. I've never been to Amsterdam. I'm so entranced. I can't wait to go there. I'm just so excited, especially if I get to meet someone as handsome as Mark Warren. But oh, do it's you really he's handsome. Yeah, I do. I do oh. in that in a kind of a, oh, I don't know, a I druggy his, kind of way. I prefer his boozy sidekick. You know, the one with the beard and the sort of shaggy hair. Oh, that's more your speed. Yeah. I think. Oh well, I think <laughs> give, give me the well well dressed Van der Vol- any day. Well dressed. Anyway, it's a really oh, good series. You can watch it on ABC iView if you've missed it. It is on, uh, is it Saturday nights? I can't remember. Saturday, Saturday night, yeah. 8.30, there's one yeah. to go. And it's- I've been iViewing it because I was a bit behind with my taping. So that's been great. But, Cara, I wanted to mention uh, a Netflix series which I became enthralled by over the Easter weekend. It's called The Valhalla Murders. It premiered on Netflix this year and it's set in Iceland and I wish we could read it. I wish it had subtitles. Unfortunately, they have dubbed... Remember the samurai we used to watch yep, when we were kids? Yep, yep. <laughs> Shintaro. Oh. Shintaro. And his well, mouth I'm, would move and his voice would not come out. I actually out. didn't watch it, but I remember <laughs> so it. So there's nothing worse than a really badly dubbed television show. And sadly, alas, this is one. And they all have kind of hokey American accents like out of Friends. And it's really disconcerting. I wish we could actually have the true characters. and the. Tr- I'm not going to tell you who the actors are because I can't pronounce their surnames Where's there's a lot set? of dot here in uh, in in iceland uh, but mainly in reykjavik so it's in the capital where the police force is the story is pretty up and down uh carter she is the detective in charge of a murder investigation it seems that there is a serial killer on the loose of course there is <laughs> and um he is uh or she is repeating themselves in a rather grim way stabbing victims a number of times and then plucking out their eyes. Don't you love the way I say pluck rather than knife Ugh. them out? It's such, such plucking and eyes. So it's, um, it turns out that, uh, there, that uh, there's a connection between, a f- between the people in a photograph, an old photograph from the 70s, of children and staff from the notorious Valhalla Home for Troubled Boys, which is up north in Iceland. And... Where I am at now in this series, we are starting to discover that not all was what it seems in the boys' home. 
Hata is joined in her quest by Anna, A-R-N-A-R. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it. How's my Icelandic? I'm not sure. But Anna is a former Icelandic detective who, for a whole lot of troubled reasons, has gone to Oslo to Norway to become a detective, but is returned home to help the local police try and find this serial killer. Is there a bit of magic going to happen between them? I'm waiting to see. But it is terrific. The scenery, again, is the hero. Superb. But it's also quite tense and a little bit scary. Found it hard to get to sleep that night. So that's the Valhalla Murders on Netflix. Now, food. So you've mentioned Easter triumphs and failures. I didn't do a lot of cooking around Easter time, so I'm going to really hand this one over to you. But just before I do, I wanted to say to Jane, who gave us the beautiful uh, tomatoes a couple of weeks ago I made the most wonderful just cook them down cook them down with onions made the most beautiful tomato sauce and had it on gnocchi a week ago thanks Jane that was absolutely great you don't have to do a lot to that you don't muck it up bit of garlic it's not that hard um Caro what did you what was your triumph what was your failure Failure, um, you? Well, I don't, <gasps> don't know. If Kelly, I, I don't know if I really even had any failures, Corey. <laughs> no, I um, I just made the fish pie that a lot of people seem to have made. It's a new fish pie. The recipe was in the Weekend Australian, the the Saturday before Easter. It was the most beautiful recipe by David Herbert. My friend Sal did it. Um, Anna from the Op Shop did it. Someone else did it too. Oh, and a lot of people seem to be doing it. Anyway, it was beautiful. Um, right. You need to add a bit extra corn flour than they say or put in less liquid. But Clem had done a beautiful baked snapper on Good Friday. I cooked that up and made a great fish stock out of it. And it basically involves salmon, white fish. I used a bit of barramundi and a bit of um, rockling and prawns, Yum. peas, white wine stock. But the topping is... A mixture of potato, sweet potato, spring onions and grated cheddar. Oh, how delicious. Oh, how delicious. Look, it was so beautiful. It really was a really good fish pie. And I also revisited our friend Jeff Slattery's Simple Flavours. I made his um, eggplant dip, his baba ganoush, which is so easy and so yummy. I was on a three-way between the oh. three of us, the texting going back and forth about his recipes. Oh, I didn't realise you could get them all online now because I found myself in a kitchen without oh, his book. Oh, you two just banging on about your apples and your quinces and there well, I was working. I thought, okay, guys, enough. Well, this, enough. this was a bit of a failure in a way, Corrie, because I um, gave you on the weekend some passion fruit from my vine and you left them behind. Oh, my goodness, yes, I did too. I left did. them on the table. You did. Oh, so, I forgot about them. So I called out to you but you didn't hear so... Bad I made luck. I made Jeff's <laughs> I'm keeping them. I made Jeff's quince and pear crumble, which was beautiful. And um, our friend Trudy has a tip with crumble: you put passion fruit, a layer of passion fruit over the top. Oh, so the that's crunch what I did. Of the mm, seeds, how yeah. delicious! Yeah, it was really nice. So don't really oh. think I had any Easter failures. <laughs> I don't think. No, no. Look, it was. Um, I love eating and. I particularly love eating over Easter, and I think Easter is more of food time than Christmas. Well, it definitely is. Because the weather's it's, getting it, the cooler. Weather's, well, the weather's getting cold, and you and after six months of salads and barbecues, you are starting to think, oh, something like a long, slow-cooked lamb or a crumble. It's just delicious. Um, that's BSF. What are so many interesting recipes and ideas there. Thank you, Red Energy, and 100% Australian electricity and gas. Don't forget that, everybody. Caro, grumpy. You're grumpy. Well, I'm beginning to sound like a broken record here because last week I was grumpy about not being able to do a lot of those fun things over Easter. This week I'm grumpy because 
Brendan Donoghue, my husband, finishes up after 30 years of Channel 7 this week and we can't have, he can't have a send-off. And I just really feel disappointed for him because I was really looking forward to well, a... Did they send the gold watch in the post these days? Well, no, there was going to be a good send-off send off at the press gallery and, you oh. know, our friend Joe was going to do the food and Brendan had the guest list already about a month ago and as the weeks went by, it became pretty obvious that there wasn't going to be a send-off. So I would like you, to... You just said you, did, you didn't want to go to any parties. You were quite happy staying at home. But that's one that I would have liked to have gone to. I agree. That, I think look, 30 years in the it. same job, it seems a pity that you can't have a send-off. Anyway, I'm grumpy about that. I know that sounds a bit spoilt, but there you go. Oh, well, happy send-off, Brendan. We uh, we wish you all the best. And I'm sure even though people can't make nice speeches about you in person, I'm sure they're going to be emailing you and calling you to tell you how much you will be missed. Now, six quick questions, thanks to Red Energy. Corrie, Emma Thompson turned 61 this week. Your favourite Emma Thompson performance. <gasps> how I, can you pick one? Oh, Carol, I reckon we actually did this this time last year, but I'm going to say, if I'm repeating myself, I apologise. I'm going to say Sense and Sensibility, which was made in 1995 from memory. She ends up with Hugh Grant at the end. Emma herself actually wrote the screenplay based on the Jane Austen novel, for which she won an Academy Award. I love it. I think it's a wonderful Emma Thompson moment. He's a bit uh, wooden, Hugh, in that one, I thought. Not his best performance. No, not his best. He is, he's beautiful, Emma Thompson, isn't she? She's great. Do you have a favourite? Oh, look, Look, I, I do love her Question in love. Question without notice. I do love her in love, actually. Oh. I mean, I, I, I love Sense and Sensibility too. I love that new thing he did with SBS some years and years. I think he's mm. really creepy. He's the, the right-wing political leader. Yeah, mm. spooky in that as well. So many. Um, now, Caro, what's the first job you are going to give your husband, Brendan, when he winds up at <laughs> Channel 7? Well, I was, you know, what could I say, Corrie? Clean the gutters, mow the lawn. Go through all our utilities and save us some money. But Miss Jane gave me some inspo just before you arrived today. I was talking to her about this. I'm going to ask him to write something because he's a really good writer. He's a beautiful writer. And all he's written, he stopped writing a, a newspaper column about a decade ago. And I think I'd love him to write a story. What a good idea. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he'd like be... to do some book reviews for our newsletter. He's My he... brother writes book reviews for the newsletter. Maybe Brendan might like to, yeah. Whenever he was asked to do something for, you know, one of the kids' schools, like an article for some special magazine they were putting out, he's a great writer. And you know, often, as I've told you, ring him up for help with intros and stories. It's just very clear. So I'm going to encourage him to write. That good is on what you. I'm going to do. Now, Corey, oh, wasn't it sad about Tim Brooke Taylor? I'd oh. sort of forgotten about the goodies. Good Goody, 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 yum, yum. That was that was a genre of British comedy that I just remember Defined when, my childhood. when it came out. It was so bloody funny. That and the banana splits. Do you remember the banana oh, splits? Oh, yeah, absolutely, and all the different bits in it. Um, what was your favourite British comedy genre? Well, I'd have to say that anything that came out of that Cambridge Footlights review, which, of course, the goodies, Tim Book Taylor, uh, Bill Oddy and Graham, surname has escaped me for a minute. They were all there along with the Monty Python, most of the Monty Python people like Graham Chapman and John Cleese and Eric Idle. Of course, Peter Cook was part of the Cambridge Footlights. The Footlights, Carol, I don't know whether you realise this, but it was an amateur theatrical club formed in 1883. 
Gee, I'm and very impressed at your research, Corey. I well, only gave I just, you a 24 well, hour, less than 24 hours notice. Yeah, I know. I was uh, because I've, there, there was a book that came into the shop a few years ago on the the history of the footlights, and I never read it. And I wish I had, and I'm going to find it. It's really interesting to look at who was. I know this is six quick, six quick questions, Cara, but other um, other people who were part of the Cambridge footlights: Prince Charles, Cecil Beaton. Um, Christopher Booker, who is the founder of Private Eye, of course you can see that humour going right through. Our lovely Olivia Coleman, the actress who plays the Queen. Julian Fellows, who wrote Downton Abbey. Uh, David Frost, the journalist. Emma Thompson, Caro, was in the Cambridge Footlights. On some of her early comedy stuff on TV before she was well known with Kenneth Branagh is really funny. Well, she was hilarious in in, uh, Harry Potter as Professor... um, uh, Trelawney, I think the name was. Anyway, Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie, all of those great people, and I would say that for me is is where I sit with British comedy. I love it. You can have your on the on your on the buses. You can have Love Thy Neighbour. I much prefer that style. Now, Caro, what are you most tired of in terms of the media's response to COVID nineteen? Nostalgia. Nostalgia to coin a phrase, ain't what it used to be, and I am sick to death of it. And I speak in particular of the AFL media. Every time I pick up a newspaper now, there's a nostalgic story about... I mean, I've mentioned this um, on Footy Classified. The 1989 grand final was a great grand final. And Tony Wilson's written a great book, but please, I've heard enough. I've heard enough about it. I was there. I did the interviews in the rooms afterwards. It was a great story. But there has been so much nostalgia about great old games. I know that people... But we don't have anything to watch. But so that people are watching old games, but there's just a bit of, is footy as good as it used to be in there? I don't know. I just want new. I want something new to write about but you can't have it until well, all of this is over well so you can write about spoiled. you can write about the politics behind the scenes i don't but you can talk about the 1989 grand final as much as you want as i hate to I'm be concerned. i had to be a grump but i'm sick of nostalgia now what has been your best i know you're doing home deliveries for free at the moment you seem to be covering the radius of melbourne <laughs> And, I, you know, I know it's annoying when you forget about the one in queue and you're no, in... No, it was Baldwin. I forgot. <laughs> you forget Ball, about Baldwin. and then to Bentley. Not and you're exactly in Morty Alec, not good. What's been your best experience this week? The best was uh, arriving at a farm on the Mornington Peninsula on the Flinders Shoreham side of things and uh, the recipient of the books... I delivered a big box of books because they'd ordered cookbooks and books for kids and stuff, and they came out with a box of their own fresh produce, a bit like Miss Jane, really. You know, a bit of tomatoes here, roses freshly picked there, quince jam, just a beautiful box of homemade produce. And I thought, you know what? This is worth it. This is worth driving all this way. <laughs> no, not at all. It was just such a sweet thing. Teacher's pet. So 10 points to them for spoiling me rotten. Caro. Corrie. Do you have an online purchase confession you'd like to share with look, the group? I, look, I have I have, um, I have, made another online purchase. I know I said last week I was only, what, what did I say? Wine and hand sanitizer. Yeah, you were avoiding leisure suits. Well, well, I can, I've done some, the, the le- leisure suit dilemma. Our friend who was a bit worried she'd ordered something from the Russian ma- mafia. It arrived. No, but she has heard back from them and she has said, I'm, I'm a bit nervous that you've taken my money, what's happened? And they've said, look, we've been delayed, but it is coming. So fear not. No, I looked at my face the other day and I was on the verge of upgrading a few things in my makeup the face. bag. <laughs> well, I got, I saw that, I got an email from Mecca. I don't know why I'm on their mailing list, but 
I'm, I ordered, and it just arrived just before you walked in. <gasps> it's a box Mecca. from Mecca. I cannot Mecca. wait. And you know, I'm a sucker for a gift. Was there? Know, a, was there? A, was there a, a little toe pedicure? No, Kitty. no, I didn't think of that. Well, I don't know if they do that, but I haven't opened it yet and I went for the eco wrapping so you can recycle it all. I didn't go for the smart pink wrapping and I didn't just oh, stuff like... Oh, that's good on you. Good I on know, you, good on me. Save the planet. So I'm about I'm to open you're my... i doing something to say. Do you know what I did last night? eyeliner. I, I'm keeping up appearances. I've been sleeping so badly and at 3.30 I was looking at something on Instagram and I've been looking for a good backpack to put my laptop in so I can walk to work comfortably and I found one. I accidentally bought two. I accidentally bought two. Well, you can send stuff back on. Well, I, well, I just immediately sent them an email saying, "I'm so sorry. It's the middle of the night here, wherever you are, Russian mafia. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I've just bought two. Will you refund my money?" So hopefully, um, Caro, it's been a lovely episode. But before I go, I have a little gift to give Jane, Miss Jane and yourself. I also received one of these, and this is from one of our lovely and regular potties, dear Caro and Corey. I hope you are both surviving the isolation. Your podcasts the past few weeks have been great as well as the GLTs. With all the quince discussion lately, I have been making the most of them. I thought you might like this quince and lemon marmalade, which is one of my products in my post-retirement venture. Enjoy and stay safe. Jane Labinus, I think it is. I think that's how you say her name. And P.S. Tell Miss Jane I used John's Tomatoes on my chutneys, which I imagine means something to you, Jane, whoever John is. But if those are the tomatoes I had the other day, they're brilliant. So, Carol, here is one for you and Jane. I'm just going to, sorry, rip the um, bubble is it a, It's this. marmalade, did you say? It is quince and lemon marmalade. Look at the colour. Isn't that oh, beautiful? it's incredible. So, Potties, this is Jane's Thanks, business. We Thanks, Corrie. We will have it on Miss Jane. Miss Jane will put it on our show notes. There's one for you, Miss Jane. We love and, presents. And uh, and I have one as well. And do you know what I did the other night with it, Caro? I mixed it in with my Greek yogurt and I had it as pudding. Oh, yum. It was just delicious. Because, you know, you don't want to necessarily – you haven't got any stewed quinces or any stewed fruit in the fridge and you feel like something well, that's sweet Well, I do because I stewed mine the other yeah. day. But. Okay, so <laughs> Anyway, I would like to thank Jane so much for your lovely thoughts and um, we will put details of your new business venture on our show notes. Caro, lovely episode. Thank you, everybody who listens to us, for your feedback and your comments. You can, of course, join us on our Don't Shoot the Messenger journey via all social media outlets. We tweet, Instagram, and just look for at Don't Shoot Pod and you will find us. And you can email us, feedback at don'tshootpod.com.au. Keep listening to our GLT bonus episode, which comes up later in the week. And a big thank you to our new sponsor, Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Red Energy is powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. We are so glad you're on board Red Energy, thank you for joining the podcast. Call 131 806 for real Aussie energy. And Caro, what do we say? Don't shoot the messenger, Corey. This podcast is supported by Red Energy. Powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy, Red is 100% Australian owned and local. Phone 131 806.